0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective. This is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday, May the 28th, 2022. It is currently 2.19 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. One time, there was a high school teacher and the high school teacher wanted to teach the kids in the class a brand new word, a word of the day. So he he went to the chalkboard, right? I, I know that that may be. Uh, do they still have chalkboards in schools today? I don't know. But they went to the chalkboard with a piece of chalk. Do they do they even still make that today? I don't know. So clearly, this is somewhere in the past. I don't know have the specific year, but here's a high school teacher, and he wants to teach the word, the, uh, teach the kids a new. Word. So he starts writing on the chalkboard the letter A, the letter P, the letter A, the letter T, the letter H, and the letter Y. A P A T H Y. A P A T H Y. And one of the kids in the classroom. It was, a, it was a young man, don't know, don't know anything about the young man, but it was a young man sitting in the classroom and he looked at the chalkboard and he was like, ah, ap, who cares? Now that story serves as a perfect illustration of what the word actually means. Obviously, you know the word, the word is apathy. And he was trying to sound it out, ap Ah, who cares? But the minute he said, who cares? He literally became a living illustration to what the word means. Apathy, which is defined as a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. He didn't have any interest to know what the word, how to say the word. He didn't have any enthusiasm to figure it out. And he, he had no concern he had a lack of interest, he had no enthusiasm, and he had a complete lack of concern. He he just he just didn't care. He didn't have concern, didn't have enthusiasm, didn't he didn't have anything. He just could care less. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And just went on about whatever he was going to do. Apathy. Apathy. How dangerous is apathy? Now I know it's Saturday, Memorial Day weekend, right? It's a lazy Saturday afternoon. I don't know where you are, but here in Texas, it's about 100 degrees outside. It's a lazy, warm Saturday afternoon. Some people may just be sitting back, maybe eating some food, watching maybe a baseball game. Maybe you're taking, maybe you're getting ready to take a nap. Maybe you're just waking up for a nap. This is for those who are listening live, but you know kind of one of, you know, the beginning of summer and maybe you're just relaxing and it's just kind of a, you're just kind of apathetic. You just, you just, just sitting there kind of doing whatever. You don't really have a concern. You're not really, you don't really have any enthusiasm to do anything other than just lay there. So, so maybe this is the perfect day to talk about it. Let me ask you this. If I was to say, write down the three greatest threats facing the church In 2022, going into 2023, some of you would probably say, because if you listen to a lot of Christian media and a lot of conservative media, the greatest threat facing the church is critical race theory. Critical race theory is going to to destroy the church. Critical race theory is going to wipe the gospel off the face of the planet. And there were lots of Christians writing books about it. Now, I find it interesting that while Christians were running around screaming, critical race theory, critical race theory, critical race theory, and famous pastors were writing books about it, and that was getting all of the attention, well, what was happening was, I don't know, they were uncovering an absolute horrific and horrendous sexual abuse scandal in the Southern Baptist Convention and a report was going to come out exposing it. Yeah. Well, Christians were screaming critical race theory. There was, the largest Protestant denomination had been covering up sexual abuse of young people and women. I don't know. Is critical race theory the greatest threat? I, I get all those people who wrote those books about critical race theory were not writing books about sexual abuse within the church. Isn't that kind of odd that the people, the pastors, the, the the watchers on the wall who's supposed to be warning everyone about the danger was telling, there, go, let's go chase critical race theory. That's the danger. That's it's gonna undermine the gospel, it's gonna destroy everything. And so while we all picked up our, our spiritual swords and like, let's go rush the hill of critical race theory, women, children being sexually abused. And I get, I don't know. I guess we're not supposed to talk about that. And if anyone brought that up, they were labeled liberal and woke and what, and in many cases told to be quiet. So sometimes I'm not, uh, let's, let's just say I'm sometimes jaded. And skeptical when someone says, hey, that's the greatest threat facing the church. Now, I do and have, for a good portion of my Christian life, felt a desire and a need to try to pay close attention to what's going on in the church and try to warn people about it. A very long time ago, I started warning everyone about the political hijacking of the church, the political hijacking of the church. And I feel that, well, that has occurred. A lot of people were warning about critical race theory and clearly missed everything going on in the Southern Baptist Convention and many other churches. Now, I ask all of that because is is it possible that whatever you would write on your list, maybe you write critical race theory, maybe you write the LGBTQ as the greatest threat to the church, maybe you write Disney is the greatest threat to the church, and we better boycott Disney and silence Disney. Now, let's go boycott and silence Disney while, I don't know, women and children are being sexually abused within churches. But, okay, whatever you think the greatest threat is to the church, is it possible that, number one, should be apathy. Has apathy become the greatest threat to the church? Is it possible? What do you think? Do you agree? Here's an article that was published on May the 13th, 2022. The rise of apatheism, right? Apathyism. Right, that's the idea of apathy, right? But referring to it as an ism, because we always think of all the threats of the different isms. But what if apathyism is the greatest threat to the church? It says the rise of apathyism and what it means for Christians and the gospel. The rise of an apathetic mindset, an apathetic spirit. Now, I think the article places the threat of apathyism or apathy outside of the church hey the church has got a challenge because the people out and the culture have become apathetic and could care less about the things of God and that is true when you speak of uh, Gen Z Gen Z it, it's they don't even they don't even care about whether God is real or not real whether the Bible is true they just don't care. Like, it's not like, no, we reject God. We reject the Bible. It's like, we just don't even care. We're not even bothered enough to even look into it. Now that that is a, a I don't know, is that a threat to the church? I think, well, we're. we're I, once again, I think the church, as we typically do, we instead of look uh, sitting in the pew looking at ourselves, we run to the window and point our fingers at everyone else. The church is so good at that. There's the the threat out there, and we can't see the threat inside. Like, hey, it's it's the LGBTQ, it's books in the library that are sexualizing our children, it's Disney, it's critical race theory, and we're running around condemning, condemning, screaming and screaming. And in the meantime, well. the Southern Baptist Convention, the largest, I'm going to keep going back to that, the largest Protestant denomination, well, absolute horrific things were happening within. So, the church is going to be very good at going, it's the apathy out there. That's a danger to the church. I'm thinking maybe the apathy from within, but we'll see. The reason I bring this up is not only do I have this article that was published on May the 13th, the Christian Post... They published a podcast dealing with this issue. Now, I have a feeling they're going to approach, and they're going to talk about the danger of the, of the apathy outside of the church. I don't know, because when we review audio, I don't listen to it first. So we're just going to listen to it. It's only 15 minutes long. And of course, we'll analyze it, review it, take it apart, and, and, and turn it into something else. Uh, but we'll, and we may not even review all of it. I just want to see their, their, their basic approach. Because, I, again, I, the church is always good at, 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 I think, running to the window and looking out and going, did you see? Look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. And not even realizing that the building they're standing in is on fire. But you know what? I've been guilty of the same thing. Probably you have as well. Let's, let's see how they approach this. Are you ready? Here we go.
0: Welcome to the Christian Post podcast, the inside story. I'm Billy Hollowell, and I'm joined today by Ian Giotti, a Christian Post reporter. How are you doing today?
2: I'm great, Billy. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, thanks for coming on. We're going to be getting into a really interesting issue today, apathyism. And this term, you and I were joking before because, you know, I've butchered this term about 12 times, but it's fascinating because we've got a lot of different issues isms in the world. We have atheism. We have all these different terms in the faith space that we talk about. But apatheism is a term a lot of people might not have heard of. So can you start by identifying
1: what this actually means for First, I think it's funny that he acknowledged that he butchered the term apathyism, like he said a dozen times, but I guess before they actually started recording, or maybe they were recording and had to stop. I look, I butcher terms. The difference for me is I do them live. I do it live and there's no, there's no editing my program. I guess technically I always could edit it, but I, I just, I just put out my mistakes there. I just, I just, you know, I, I hate doing it sometimes, but I do love to it. I One of the things I love whenever I listen to say talk radio or anybody who does live broadcast, I do like, I mean, I, I know probably I shouldn't, but there's always a sense of, yeah. Glenn Beck messed up, right? Or whoever it is, man, they slaughtered that word. Now, what they typically do if they can't get it right, they have an earpiece in and their producer will correct it and then they can make an immediate correction. When I'm live on the air, there is no producer. So I'm just like apathy, apathy, uh, 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 you know, um, what was it? Something in numbers that I was messing up. I was messing up something in numbers. Um, I don't know. There's always something I'm messing up. I, after every broadcast, I go back and listen uh, and hear myself and I'm like, oh man, could I get that right? Come on, come on, come on. But uh, a lot of times I don't know what I'm going to come across because in a live broadcast, there's a lot of things I have planned, but a lot of things I just kind of let develop organically in, 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 in our conversation. But it is good to know that he struggled with the term. I don't think I struggled too much with it, but hopefully I said it correctly, apathyism. And now they're going to define this term. Now I think this is important. Let's see if they give us a good working definition, and then let's see: are they going to point to the apathyism outside of the church? Or are they going to point to the apathyism inside the church? Right? And then what is the greatest threat: the apathyism without, or the apathyism from within? And do you b- even believe there's any apathyism inside the church? That that's where
2: we're going to go with this. Here we go for us. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually, before I even began the story, I had never come across this. And, and you know, I had always considered myself pretty well-steeped in apologetics, right? And especially with atheism, uh, being a former atheist myself, um, I was kind of well-versed in all the ideas and arguments and all that kind of thing. So when I heard about this, I was really intrigued um, because it's so – it's you know, it's not necessarily a theological stance so much as it is an attitudinal stance, right? So loosely defined uh, apatheism is exactly what it sounds like. It's a blending of the labels apathy and either theist or atheist, however you choose to look at it. And it's not even an opposition to the idea of God or the God of the Bible as a person. Um, It's simply that that um, apatheist simply does not care whether God or a God or gods, quote unquote, exist. It's like um, it's like the almost the stance of answering the God question with a shrug and a teenage like whatever, you know. As uh, Eric Metaxas put it on one of the, our Christian post uh, articles, um, it's a great way to, to phrase it because that's really what it is. It's man shrugging. At the idea of the person of Jesus Christ, of a creator of everything, an omnipotent, all-powerful being who cares deeply about his creation, and man simply going, meh. Well,
1: okay. Now, once again, I want to make it very clear. I do believe that is... The, the essence of Gen Z when it comes to theological matters. It's not like I'm going to debate you. I'm going to argue you. I, I reject it or wait, I'm curious about it. It's for a large part. And I think there's an, a, enough of this is present within Gen Z that it's been clearly identified in number of studies and surveys. It literally is whatever. I don't care. I don't care if there is a God. I don't care if there isn't a God. I don't care if the Bible's true. I don't care if the Bible isn't true. I don't care if Jesus existed, didn't exist. I don't care if I'm created. I just don't care. Whatever that I completely agree that that is true in Gen Z. That is, but I don't believe that's the greatest threat to the church. That's a greatest, you could say that's a greatest threat to them, but I believe salvation is a work of God, and God in His sovereignty will overcome, obviously, the apathy of anyone and save them through the effectual call. That gets into a whole discussion about soteriology that we won't go into. So I don't see that as the greatest threat to the church. I don't see that. I just think the ap. listen, the apathy without the apathy, or let me state it this way the apathy outside of the church will become the apathy inside the church. And the reason I know this to be absolutely true is because that's been true in 2,000 years of church history. Wherever the culture is, the church will be. The church constantly follows culture. It's just always behind. Now, people say, absolutely not. We follow the word of God. We we would never do that. But the people in your church live within the culture. And the cultural philosophy at the time begins to infiltrate within those Christians, whether they are aware of it or not. And they bring that philosophy. They bring that that attitude inside the church, and it begins to have a profound impact on the church. So if you want to say at the apathy of the culture is the greatest threat to the church, it is in the sense that it will become a dominant philosophy within the church. This is important. I think this is important. Uh, we, we did a podcast episode where they discussed that we're in a post-postmodern Transitional period. In other words, po- postmodernism, we've kind of left it, right? We were in a post-postmodernism time. And, and what this new philosophical idea that dominates culture is going to be, we don't know yet. It'll take 10 or 15 years to, to look back as the philosophical historians look back and go, well, that was the dominant thought at that time. I think that what we're seeing arising in many cases is an apathy. It's just like, we don't, we don't care about those absolute questions. We don't care about where we came from, why we were made, where we're going, who, what, where. We don't care about that. We don't care about those ultimate questions of origin and of meaning and of purpose. We just, whatever. I got things to do, like watch a TikTok video or make one. I don't have time. And I don't want to say that like, oh, I'm older, so I don't understand the younger generation and that I'm criticizing it. Every generation has their own thing. But if, but it's almost like these bigger questions, they just don't care. Now, maybe there'll be a pushback at some point, but right now there seems to be a major problem with apathy and they're focusing obviously on the outside. Let's see, see if they, let's see if they at all address the issue of, of how this is impacting inside the church. And it's interesting
0: because when pastors are surveyed – and I love the fact that we're actually surveying pastors more now. You've got LifeWay Research and and Barna and others because pastors are people too, and they struggle with a lot of things. And I think we often overlook that. We assume that they're these superhumans that don't have their own struggles, especially in the world we've been living in the last couple of years with everything that's going on. Uh, But a survey was recently done by LifeWay. And it found some really interesting metrics on apathy inside the church. In fact, it was cited as the most common people dynamic challenge that pastors were facing. Can you speak
1: about that a little bit? Okay. Yay. All right. That's good. Now, I got no problem acknowledging the apathy outside the church. I think we can agree, Gen Z, there's too many studies to prove that, right? But the issue here is it's inside the church. It's not going to be. It's there. It's inside. It is It is spreading. The virus has gotten past past the barriers. The virus has gotten past the vaccinations. The virus is spreading and it's out of control. We have a full-blown pandemic on our hands and it's the pandemic of apathyism, okay? It's the, it's the pandemic of apathy. It's inside the church. And pastors are looking around. In fact, some of the I've got an article here talking about the, the, the research he's referring to. He says that uh they, they found in their research that a, that apathy inside the church was cited as the most common people dynamic challenge facing pastors today. Um, and God, let me go back to the article because for some reason. Uh, they decided uh, the my my browser decided to to change the article. All right, they uh so they 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 talked about this. Uh, the greatest they said the greatest need of pastors. Uh, they was the name of the kind of the study, and they asked pastors to identify the primary people dynamic challenge, and which happened to be the overwhelming response that they're facing is apathy or lack of commitment. The survey found that three quarters of pastors surveyed, seventy five percent, listed people's apathy. Or lack of commitment when asked to identify the people dynamics they find challenging in their ministry, that was the only challenge that more than half of pastors identified, right? They're like, the people are just, there's no commitment. They're just apathetic. They just don't care. And I think you can kind of see that, that even with many within the church, it's just like, whatever. I don't care. Hey, we're going to have church tonight. Eh, whatever. I'm not going to be there. I got something else to do. Hey, we're going to study this. Hey, okay, everyone grab a notebook. Eh, whatever. I'm not going to do that. Hey, we're going to do a Bible study exercise podcast series and ev- uh well, okay, whatever. I don't care. That This is a massive problem. And this is going to be greatly detrimental to the church when you've got people sitting in the pew who are kind of like, what? There's no passion, there's no zeal. It's like you write it on the board and they're like up, up uh, uh, whatever. Ah, who cares? Who cares? And it's like you can write on the board. We're going to we're going to study this book. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? We're going to do that whatever. Who cares? Hey, wh- who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? The spirit of the age almost always becomes the spirit of the church. Even though we claim that's not the case, let's see what they have to say here about this inside the church.
2: Well, yeah, that's what actually kind of spurred all this, you know, uh, deep diving into into apathyism is um, likely did a, a study uh, about the greatest needs of pastors. They asked about a thousand Protestant pastors to identify the, the primary people dynamic challenge or challenges that they, they think they face in their churches. And the overwhelming response was apathy or a lack of commitment. Now this apathy is from the pew, right? It's from those in the congregation. But again, these are still self-identified followers of Jesus Christ. These are people who say they believe the Bible, that they trusted in God for their eternal salvation. And yet pastors are saying, when I look out there, in the seats on Sunday morning, I see a sea of apathy. And that to me is equally as disturbing as this rise in, in apathyism. It's almost like they're mirror images of one another.
0: Well, and you know, this is something that I would imagine for a pastor deeply complicates ministry and that frustration. And the, the fact that it was such a large, it was well over half, you know, almost every pastor it was like seven, almost eight and 10 pastors saying that this was a complication, a people dynamic challenge. But, but what does this do to a pastor and to a ministry when you're aware that this is going on and you're trying to grapple
1: with it in a leadership role like that? What's the impact? Oh well, I I can't speak for him, but the impact is you just want to give up. The impact is you just wanna quit. The impact you're just like, what's the point? What am I doing? Why am I working so hard? If they don't care, why should I care? And look, I have I've faced these feelings many, many times in ministry where I'm just like, you know what, whatever. You know what? I'll just wait till Saturday night about eight o'clock, or you know what, I'll just do whatever I want to do Saturday evening, wait till about eleven PM, grab a little devotional, write down three points, and go up there and just deliver a little quick 30-minute sermon. And because nobody actually cares what I do, now I that that's usually where my emotions are taking over, and that's a little hyperbolic and a little over dramatic. Because I don't think that's really true of my church to that extent. But trust me, I have felt that. Really, really, it, 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 there, there, nobody, nobody, nobody. I, I can't get anybody to do that. Nobody, and and sometimes you're just like, what's the point? Now what you have to do though is just say, okay. Whether they care or don't care, I have to care. Like, I I have to care for them. If they don't care, all I can do is try to maintain my enthusiasm, my excitement, my desire for God's word, and I just continue to pursue and do what I'm supposed to do, whether it's in season or out of season, as the Bible says. We preach the word whether it's in season or out out of season. It may be out of season right now. People may be apathetic and don't care. Oh, they they get offended when you say that, which always finds it when— Sometimes when you say when you when your church kind of establishes a certain pattern, you're kind of like, okay, nobody here cares. They're like, how dare you say that? Yeah, you're offending me. You're like, get over it, okay? Because you've clearly demonstrated you don't. But, but the point is, all you can do is care. That's all you can do is care. Um, and I know that that sometimes Christians don't want to admit it, but I think there is a massive spiritual apathy. There's a deadness, and I don't remember how many years ago I talked about this, and I felt that there's just kind of like a a deadness within within the body of Christ. It's like a cloud a, that the Christianity is in a fog, and we can't seem to get out of it. There's just a, a, a just a, I, I don't even know how, what words I used. To describe it, I don't think I, I, I don't even know if I used the word apathy at the time, but I just referred to it like a spiritual deadness, a sickness, a, a lethargy. I don't even know what words I use. but, but clearly here we are in 2022. And lo and behold, other, other pastors now are going, Yeah, you want to talk about apathy? Let me tell you about my church. And other, another pastor's like, Oh, you think that's bad? Let me tell you about the apathy and mine. And I think a lot of this apathy is even about showing up. I mean, some of these massive churches have had to lay off all kinds of staff because they're not even, their, their, their large sanctuaries are half empty. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, 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 it's a bad problem um, that people not even showing up. And then you think, well, they're going to listen to you online. I, Look, I can keep up. Here's the one thing. I, I can't speak for all churches, but because we, the way we have all of our analytics set up, I know not only what state people are listening to me in, I know what city, I literally know the city. So like here in West Texas, I know how many people in Abilene are listening to me. How many people in Tuscola? I know the very city. I know what kind of phone they're using. I know if they're male or female. It gives me all of those analytics. So obviously I have to be very careful as a pastor because I can look and go, well, <laughs> okay, we had, I'll, I'll just, here, here, I'll just show you. And I'll, I'll just, I just want you to hear what it can do to a pastor. It could just drive you mad. And you can just like, what am I even doing? Let me, let me just show you, all right? I'm gonna go to uh, one of our analytics pages, statistics, alright I'm gonna hit see more. I'm just gonna go to last seven days. I'm gonna go to last seven days. I'm going to go geolocation, all right? I'm going to just take a look here, all right? And I can tell you that the number one place people are currently listening to us over the last seven days is, ready for it, Ohio, (laughs) okay? Please note, our ministry is located in Texas, so more people in Ohio listen to us than listen to us in Texas. And But if I go to Texas, guess where the number one place people listen to us? The number one place. Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas is number one. I mean, number one by a gigantic margin. A lot of people listen to us in the Fort Worth area. What's interesting is that's two hours from where our ministry is located. All right. Uh, the, next, uh, the next one is Dallas. The next one is Clyde, Texas. The next one is Ulysses, Texas. The next one is Wiley, then Coleman, then San Antonio, and then then Abilene. Finally, Abilene, and then Tuscola. All right. So I want you to realize the the areas that would re- would be represent people in my area, like people who are part of our ministry, would be Abilene and Tuscola. Coleman. So Coleman is up there, but there's all these other places way before. Now, I, what I try to do is ignore those, ignore those, because then you can get frustrated and go, Hey guys, I would like everyone here to participate. Like, I know you hear me, but we are doing a lot of work here, but you can't, you can't let that, you just, you can't let it happen. But what it can make, it can give pastors frustrated. It can get you discouraged it can just make you feel burned out. You can be like, I'm putting forth all this effort and nobody here cares. And then you start using words like nobody. See, I just said it. Nobody. does ah, not, not, not true. It doesn't mean no. Just me may mean not everybody. And so you, you, you have to try to step away from you. you have to try to. Maintain a factual perspective versus an emotional perspective. And it can be greatly, it can greatly burn pastors out. That's why there's a big discussion of how many pastors are quitting right now. How many pastors are just giving up? And you can say, well, they're weak and they should. By all means, I know we shouldn't, but pastors are human beings. Pastors are human beings. And when you're putting hour after hour after hour after hour after hour of work, and you're kind of like, you know. I, I, And you start questioning, like, you know what? We could, I mean, I've even talked about it before. I could probably just wipe out, you know, if I wiped out 90% of all of our, church, of our church services and just reduced it to maybe one hour on a Sunday morning. I Now, I could be wrong, but there's a part of me that says, I think most people would be happy with it. Not only happy with it, they'd probably enthusiastically embrace it. And when, when you start feeling that way, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. So then you have to pull back. But apathy in the church is I guarantee leads to burnout and frustration can even lead to bitterness in the pastor because I can't speak for all pastors, but when you're when you're young and you 're thinking about ministry, you just have this vision now i 'm not saying that this is realistic; you have this vision man i 'm going to be sitting and there studying the Bible, and the more I study. The more I preach, the more the people are going to be like, give me more. Give me. What about this? What about this? Oh, that's so great. I got a question about this. Hey, and just like there's this enthusiastic hunger and desire and passion for God's word. And you're going to be there feeding that. and You're not going to be able to feed them enough. They're going to be like starving people. And you just realize it doesn't quite live up to what you thought it was going to be. It's just the reality, but it's reached a, I think it's, I think it's changed dramatically from what I've experienced in the past to where we are in 2022. You could blame the pandemic, but whatever you want to blame, the apathy of the culture has become the apathy of the pew. And that's just a reality.
2: Well, you know, as you know, ministry is all about people. It's all about, you know, it's not, it's more than numbers. It's more than, than accomplishments or following, followings or followers. It's more than that, it's about people. It's engaging with not only um, people that you're ministering to, but also the people that you're serving alongside. You know, One of the greatest uh, blessings I've ever had in my life was being able to serve in my children's ministry and then helping to lead that ministry and then gathering with Sunday school teachers every week and praying with them and, and then sharing our lives with them. You know, and that is a huge commitment to really allow people to come in, right? And to also enter into other people's lives emotionally and, and come alongside them. And, and so when you're in ministry together and there's this total or overwhelming sense of, well, does it really matter? Or who really cares? Or is this really important? When that be- starts to bleed into beyond just the gathering of the saints, right, but the ministries, what's going to happen is the world is going to see that. And when the world sees that, you know, there's already enough going on in this kind of spiritual battle, right, where, where people, you know, the church is going out and, say, and, and evangelizing and saying, you know, people need to uh, come to Christ. There's already a built-in kind of resistance there anyway. And then you add apathy on top of that, both on the outside and on the inside, and it becomes this kind of morass of, of who cares is them, you know, almost like, like um, just a, a floating around of of, of atoms that, that really harkens back to atheism. It, it almost, it's like a, a reinforcing cycle where, where those on the outside go see, these people don't really believe what they believe, otherwise they would care more So why should we believe what they're telling us is so urgent for us to believe? It's really, it's kind of a a self-destructive cycle.
1: Well, yeah. And and it is a self-destructive cycle. It is. Now, I don't think the culture cares anymore. I don't think the culture is looking, going, well, if they don't care, I don't care. The culture already doesn't care. And and the church is just mirroring, the, it's just a mirror image of the culture. I don't think the culture is looking to the church saying, they don't care, so we don't care. The church is just, a mirror, just reflecting back what the culture is. I think that's the issue. I have a different article here that says this. Um, apathy, why it's hit the church and how to break out of it. Now, this goes all the way back to 2021. I'm telling you, this has been a building problem. Uh, it, it says this, I'm managing each week as they come. I don't have the energy to think further out. The pastor was struggling to regain his passion, and he was expressing frustration with himself. He is self-aware enough to recognize his apathy. At the same time, he was unsure how to move forward from, from his apathy, f- these feelings of apathy. There, There is when apathy enters into the pulpit. Now, that's always a day. It, it, it may not even be in the pew. It may be in the pulpit where the pastor is just like, I don't even care anymore. Whatever, whatever. I'm just going to try to figure it out each week. I can't. I can't even think it out further than that. The problem of apathy has hit churches. Both leaders and congregants are struggling to move forward following the pandemic. A general lack of enthusiasm is defining the culture of many churches right now. What's going on? Here's a couple of things. Broken rhythms tend to discourage excitement. When I broke my leg last year, I was no longer able to work out in a regular way. It affected my psyche. When someone misses several days in a row of Bible reading, discouragement sets in. The pandemic broke a lot of regular church rhythms with people. It's hard to build excitement with broken rhythms. So they're like, hey, the pandemic broke rhythms, and this is what led to it. They're trying to figure out why. What well, What? What? caused it? Okay, maybe, I guess. I, I, I'm not convinced that. I, I think there's a deeper spiritual issue here, right? I think there's a spiritual deadness because that's what I started talking about before the word apathy. I think there was something preceding it. I think the I, I, may, I don't know. Uh, you, you can tell me if you think, bro- I think broken rhythms definitely has greatly hindered church attendance because people get out of the habit of coming and then they're just like, well, you know, I miss Sunday night all. So, you know, I, during the pandemic, so I've got something else to do on a Sunday night. What difference does it make? Or, you know, hey, Sunday school, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been missing Sunday school. I'll just, I'll just come the next, I, I'll just come the next hour, or whatever the case may be. Next, the spiritual discipline of evangelism is largely, largely absent from congregations. The reality was present before the pandemic, but is exasperated now. When people lose sight of the main thing, a church's sense of purpose evaporates. Now, um, yeah, we, we could talk about, are Christians worried or even concerned about trying to evangelize people? Now, that, that is, again, that goes back to the individuals within the church. I think the evangelism happens outside the church, and the people are to be going. And if the people aren't going and trying to evangelize, well, then once again, it's a spiritual issue with them. Number three, attendance frequency continues to get worse. The person who once attended every other week is now attending one out of four weeks. Momentum stalls when people do not gather frequently. When people are absent from the church, they direct their passions to other endeavors. Yeah, attendance frequency is, is, is continuing to get worse and worse and worse and worse. People, some people just dropped out completely. And, and, and I'm telling you, when, when you're looking at, a, at an empty sanctuary you you, t- you talk about discouragement. You talk about like, what do you do? It can be difficult. And, and look, it's, it, I don't even know what it's like to be in a, a big church where say you had 500 people and now you have 200 people. I don't know what that feels like. But I know when you're in a small church and you start missing people, it's utterly devastating. It's like, what in the world is going on? But a lot of people don't think. That a lot of people don't perceive how their absence impacts anything else. They're just think about themselves, but their absence is massively detrimental to the, everything else in the church. Uh, it goes on to say, church leaders are both tired and confused. You can be exhausted and have clarity on what to do. When you lack clarity, exhaustion pulls you back to the status quo. A lot of pastors have no energy and no direction. Right now, that's scary. They have no, uh, they have no energy and no direction. They're just that, that, that's, that's not a good thing. Um, survival mode has turned into maintenance mode. A flurry of activity was required during the pandemic just to stay afloat. It seemed as if major decisions were needed every day. Then the chaos settled, and everyone took a much-needed breath but many pastors and leaders fell back into maintenance mode after being in survival mode for so long. Decision fatigue is a real phenomenon, so it's understandable why many churches and leaders are simply maintaining. Now is the time to start breaking the apathy cycle. One way to kickstart energy uh, in the church is by reemphasizing your membership class. As churches recover from the pandemic, unfortunately, the membership class is often one of the last things to return. Okay. Now the only thing with membership classes, they kind of like, Hey, in the membership class set high expectations. This is what we expect from our members, but that can really descend into almost like a legalistic kind of thing. And I, I have a little concern with that. Um, um, uh, they they talk about how new members bring energy into a church that is very that is very true especially in a small church You're a small church every, an apathy can step, step in but when new people come in it uh, the 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 whole room brightens up everyone seems an excitement tends to return so that is true but you can't just force that uh, to happen and they don't really have any more answers other than that has hit the church it's here It's there. So here's what I would say. Don't worry about the apathy in the church. I I know that sounds counterproductive to what I've just talked about. Look at the possible spiritual apathy inside of you. Don't worry about the church. Don't worry about your pastor. Don't worry about anybody else. Just this is where you're selfish. Go look in the mirror and go. Have I become spiritually apathetic? Have I become spiritually, eh, whatever? Yeah, who cares? Roll your eyes. Basically, you act like a teenager. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. How was church? Yeah, well, it was okay. How was the sermon? Yeah, well, whatever. You know, eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, mm, whatever. Okay. Yeah, if that has become you spiritually, then you need to address that. That's a spiritual problem inside of you. But if you can fix your spiritual apathy, right? And you reunite that passion and that zeal and that excitement for God, it's amazing how when each individual begins to correct it, then ultimately it begins to correct and fix in the church now, if your apathy gets corrected and it's reignited passion, then do what you can to allow that passion not to re- to, to reignite others to, to, uh, to encourage others not so much in like i'm going to confront and condemn but just let them see the passion and zeal and then hopefully let your pastor see that and then do what you can to encourage others uh, so that you can be a source of Change and help, but apathy is that the new the greatest threat to the church in twenty twenty two not atheism, not critical race theory, but apathy. who cares now i could I could play a little bit more of their conversation, but i won't that's the christian Post podcast. You can find it well it pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, and you can listen to the rest of it. It was a an episode, I think a week ago, and uh Yeah, you can listen to it. You can tell me what you think about apathy in the church. And you can do that at newsif at yahoo.com. I already heard some people just say, whatever, who cares? Whatever, who cares? Okay, maybe someone will care enough to say, here's what I think, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. All right, I'll stop right there. Everyone have a great day. God bless.